baby. Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network. We're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined here in studio by my co-host and resident golf sicko, Mr. Jonathan Teal. Jay Teal, how you doing this evening, bud? Keith, I am doing fantabulous, my friend. Fantabulous. It's a, uh, for us, for us, a a late evening recording here on on a Monday evening. Had a lovely day out at Oak Tree Country Club supporting the, uh, the K-Club Foundation. Um, always a good time supporting a great cause. That said, you know, when you when you kind of come straight off the golf course, um, you drive down from... from uh, Southbound 35, right? Far, far, far north, north metro. You know, a little, little worse for the wear. A little worse for the wear, but... This punchy. Is, this is uh. I'm, I'm gonna pick you up, man. This is gonna be a professional effort here. <laughs> okay. This is uh. I've heard the definition of professional is when you when you step up to the plate and you do a great job even when you don't feel like it, and that's what tonight's gonna be. That's what it's all about, man. That's why I have a teammate. You know, here to pick you up, my friend. Here Love to it. pick you. Up. Now the the. I guess missing one third of the YSO podcast. Yes. Obviously, Scooter Gers missed last week uh, because he was at Pinehurst, which is a certainly a viable excuse. We'll allow it. He played with you earlier today and then had some some daddy duties to tend to this evening, right? So that's yeah, why he's man. missing. You know, uh, but uh, he's I, all all is well. He's good. So legit, he uh, uh, legitimately teas and peace to his little girl. Uh, his little yeah. girl's been down uh, down uh, weather uh, down weather wise. So we want to. Send her some good vibes, but uh, we can hold down this fort. We'll get we'll get Scott fresh, get things in order, and he'll be back with us next week. But uh, the two man OG show is what we're doing tonight. Turn it back, I'm ready ready to get after it, bubs. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, so much to talk about this week. Right, we got the RBC Heritage. Uh, we've got a lot of college golf. Had some college golf this week, and then obviously the Big Twelve Championships coming up this week. We got some LPGA, and as you mentioned, lots of things to talk about in the Fairway Files as well. But of course, before we get into that, we have to show some love to our primary sponsor. Excuse me. Of course, we are talking about Chalk Luxury Sports Bar, right? The YSO Podcast, of course, championed by Chalk up there at thirteen twenty four West Memorial Road in Chisholm Creek Plaza. Follow them on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. Till we're in the midst of the NBA playoffs, uh, we've got uh, NFL draft. I'm, I'm a big draftnik, right? So we got that coming up next Absolutely. week as well. And of course, uh, they always have the golf on for us. Always the favorite. That is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Now, one one other little teaser here, Till, before we get into it. I know something that uh, it, it's been it's been in the works, right? We've been in the lab. Putting some things together. There's there's a little tournament coming up next month up the road up the pike yeah, in Tulsa, yeah. and, and we've got some special stuff leading up to that, right? Well, as uh, as all of our listeners surely know by now, Perry Maxwell Masterpiece Southern Hills hosting the 2022 PGA Championship. So, you know what better timing to shine a light on the courses created by the man. Uh, known as the father of Oklahoma golf, none other than Perry Maxwell. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. Perry's the man. He is the man. He is the man. 
In honor of the man, Perry Duke Maxwell, we'll be dropping a new podcast series that we're calling uh, Miles of Maxwell, actually in partnership with local golf course architect Colton Craig. He's actually written a book of the same name. So he's letting uh, he's lending us that name for our podcast series. Colton's book will actually be released this summer, and you're still out. Listeners will be the first to know how to obtain a copy. First episode of the Miles of Maxwell podcast series will drop April 27th and culminate the Wednesday before the PGA begins. We're excited about it. Going to be profiling several Oklahoma Perry Maxwells. Again, Miles of Maxwell dropping on the 27th of April. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's been a lot of fun, too. I know that they've been in the can, right? So we a couple of the interviews we've done already uh, and looking forward to launching that uh, here coming up soon. But we've had a lot of fun uh, interviewing some of those folks that know a little bit about the history of Maxwell and the courses that they respectively work in, play at. So looking forward to that. Um RBC Heritage, J. Till. So, you know, we talked about it last week. A, a sneaky good field, right? And it really kind of a, a sneaky, fun golf course, right? We think about the lowlands down in South Carolina, you, the the iconic, um, um, uh, what, Watchtower? What am, what am I trying to say? Lighthouse. It's a lighthouse, yeah, lighthouse. yeah. Um, there behind the 18th, uh, kind of some cool views there. Kind of a, a fun course to watch on television. Having said all that, I don't know that I watched a whole lot of the action. I think you got to watch a little bit more than me on that front. But, uh, you know, as always, you got to love a tournament that ends. Playoffs? Uh, playoff, don't right? talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Just couldn't couldn't wait to get it in. It certainly did not look like it was going it to be not. a playoff. Yeah. Because we had a ton of guys jockeying for position on Sunday afternoon. Uh, in fact, I counted up that w- there were eight. And did I miscount? Were there eight guys that finished tied for second? Well, I guess tied for third, technically. At 12 under par, one stroke out of a playoff. But it was Patrick Cantlay and Jordan Splith at 13 under par. Even when Jordo got it in the house at 13 under, it's like, well, that's 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 nice. Nice Sunday for him. Yeah, Birdie at 18. That's not yeah. going to hold up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, uh, he gets into that playoff of Patrick Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay had to birdie 17, which was, uh, was playing kind of tough. Uh, long par three there. Coming down the stretch at Harbor Town to get into that playoff, and then uh, they duel for a, a simple one hole, and kind of, kind of, sort of, not really out of nowhere. I guess based on last week's performance at the Masters, you wouldn't have seen it coming. But Jordan Spieth, the Golden Boy, gets it done and puts on the tartan. Would you call that a tartan jacket? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the the red, uh, similar to what you get down in a colonial. Fort Worth. Yeah, similar, yeah. similar mm-hmm. to the colonial jacket. Uh, Jordan Spieth winning his thirteenth PGA Tour event, uh, and again getting it done in um, in non Spieth like fashion because the putter was very, 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 very cold. Very cold. Yeah, I mean he's he's kind of made. Uh, made a lot of highlights or lowlights, I should say, here over the last month or so about missing a lot of uh, 18 inches or you know 10 inches or whatever it may be, and uh, had another you know brain fart. I think is what he referred to it as, right? So uh, kind of a good uh, good story on. I think it was ESPN that I read it talking about his wife that would say, "Hey, just count to five, right? So just count to five <laughs> before after you miss a putt. Count to five before you go up there and rake one in and uh, try to eliminate these issues." But uh, you know. 
the short game in general is it was kind of what won it for him in the end, right? So a tremendous bunker shot there on the 18th, the first playoff hole, right? They go back and play 18 again. He and Cantlay both in the bunker. Cantlay kind of a fried egg, just an absolute terrible live there. Uh, but Spieth knocks it within about five inches, and he made that one. So didn't miss that short play. Did not right? miss that one. Uh, to give you some perspective here on how poor Jordan Spieth putted this week. I saw this. Yeah. He um, Ugly. was negative two and a half strokes gained putting. Okay, which again, even for me, it's kind of like, okay, that seems bad. Like anything negative in strokes gained is bad. Um, they haven't been keeping, stro- I think 2004 is when they started keeping strokes gained statistics. That was the worst strokes gained putting number by a PGA Tour winner since 2009. Sean O'Hare uh, at Quail Hollow uh, was minus three on the greens. So we're used to we're used to Jordan getting up and down from everywhere, making a ton of putts from from long range. It was not the case this week. He actually led the field in strokes gained approach. Yep. So he's figuring some things out. Despite that, you know, I saw a great another great tweet that said he was like negative twelve and a half strokes on uh, shots gained pre shot routine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's got he's got some funky action before he actually hits the ball, doesn't he? So in, you know. Golf obviously being a very mental game, right? So there's there's some machinations that he's going through in his head, you know, and what we can see outwardly with his body that uh, there there there's some things that obviously doesn't feel right because that's it's not a not a normal pre-shot routine, right? Is that fair to say? I don't, oh, I would, I don't, I don't such that, a thing exists as normal, but that's not normal. That would be uh, very much not normal. Um, it's very exaggerated for anybody who's gone through even a a little bit of uh, swing coaching instructors are, are always wanting you to exaggerate whatever you're working on, right. because yep. if, if you're not exaggerating it, if you're not feeling it, it, you're not doing it. You're yep. not, you're yep. absolutely because because your feel is going to, to cheat you every time. So if you're not, if you're not exaggerating that uh, you're not, you're not grooving in the change that's trying to be made. Well, he is definitely exaggerating whatever he is working on, <laughs> but it, uh, it seems to be, it seems to be paying off. And even, even the Sunday before Augusta, you know, he had that great round where strokes gained off the tee. Strokes gained tee to green with the best round, one single round of his career. So it was trending that way. He did not have a good Masters and then comes out uh, and to his own admission in the post-round press conference said, hey, I just won this golf tournament without a putter uh, is how cold he was on the greens. Uh, but also speaks to how well he was hitting it off That's the right. tee and into the greens. Um, so it kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know how to feel about it. Uh, we're, we're, I personally, huge speed fan. I would love to say that this is going to, to spark him to a, to a great rest of the, uh, you know, the majors season, but I'm just not sure. It didn't, it didn't feel like a win. You know, it, it, I yeah. feel like we should be sitting here saying, Oh, Jordan speed, top five moving in the right direction. It doesn't feel like he just won a golf tournament based on the yeah, way he plays. He's, he's all over the place, right? He's a roller coaster. And that's part of the reason why we love watching him. Cause you never know what you're going to get, but you know, interesting, you know, kind of, coincidence if you want to call it that right so he won on easter sunday last year at the texas open he wins on easter sunday here at the rbc heritage uh easter sunday falls at augusta next year so well just, just I, throwing I, it out there too you know i um i saw i saw that several times and and in my you're always per, looking for in trends and in, uh, in my personal experience with jesus uh he doesn't care about golf so you know we could have some some conflicting things going on here. So I he's, hope it's he's never answered my prayer. I, I, I hope it's not a coincidence because I would love, 
I would love to see Jordan Spieth make it three straight years winning on Easter Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Jordo uh, is, is obviously a popular, popular champion. It just seems like, and we talked about this, was it last year after the Valero that he won where it's just like golf is just better when Jordan Spieth is playing well and he's in the mix it because it's fun, right? It's, yep. it's, uh, there's some theatrics for some reason, even though he's a fairly clean cut Texas kid, uh, he moves the needle somehow, uh, unlike, uh, probably anybody else out there, uh, short of the big cat. So awesome to see Jordan win. I, uh, Clearly, he will now win the British Open. It's a foregone conclusion. He's going to win the Open Championship at St. Andrews. Uh, Go ahead and place your shekels now. Uh, But will he be able to get the putter under control? And yeah, you mentioned the 18-incher that he missed this week. Two weeks ago at Valero, he missed one of similar... Of similar That's nature. Easy. Again, he's starting so to make a habit. So uh, it's a little bit, um, a little bit concerning. Uh, and then I think the other thing of note that our man Two G would would certainly want us to mention on the podcast: back to back wins by University of Texas Longhorn. That was in the thread, right? He did bring that up. He, in the text he thread. did not yeah. hesitate to bring that up. Uh, obviously, Scotty Scheffler winning. <laughs> That's enough of that. Oh, I hate it's that. As much as I can absolutely stand. hate to hear that. Um, but. By and by, you got to give them their due. A couple of Longhorns hoisting the Hook'em Horns and taking home back-to-back championships. You mentioned the strong field, right? And we're going to go through some of the other guys in the field um, that that played well. But it was a strong field. In fact, the strength of field for this tournament, yeah. if I, w- I, I kind of go down and look at the OWGR strength of field, Again, this is going to be kind of a lot of qualifiers, but non-major, non-WGC, non-elevated field. On a day that ends in Y. (laughs) So just three qualifiers. It's a baseball stat. (laughs) You're going deep right here. (laughs) It had the best. It's a Scott Gerst stat right here. (laughs) The Heritage had the best strength of field of the year. So it's the king of crap mountain. Is that what you're telling me? It's the king of the... All the other tournaments that don't matter, it sits <laughs> currently sits at the top of that mountain. Uh, it's a and fun you tournament. See yeah. why? Yeah, I, I like it. I like watching it on television. Again, the the scenery there is just a little bit different than what we're used to for a lot of other courses, right? So I, now, I, I will say it looks for for us to go play. It looks absolutely terrifying because it looks narrow as all get out. Oh yeah, it looks like chipping around the greens. Uh, even though Shane and I already seem to make it look really easy outside of one hole, which we're going to talk about here briefly. Look like me. Yeah. Um, it looks like a terror to play. Our man, uh, we actually played with our man HC uh, Heathcock yesterday, and he, right. he had gotten out there last year, and he said it was fun, uh, but he hits it a lot straighter than we do. So um, it was fun, but yeah, I want to get through some of these other guys. I mentioned Shane Lowry. I want to talk about Shane Lowry. Yeah, absolutely. Shane Lowry, I think, cost the uh, the year still out family some some dollars. Uh, our man Two G, uh, you know, one one that's known to bet on the ponies, and occasionally he he dabbles uh, in the in the uh, world of know, golf I, as well. It's, it's the investments, it's, yeah. it's an investment. Yeah, absolutely had a had had a tasty bet pending on our man Shane Lowry in for what sixty six holes, sixty seven holes. Was looking like it may pay off and be a pretty good bet, and then a disaster struck. Yeah, disaster did strike. Um, I believe he had gotten it to fourteen under par, was one clear of the field, heading to the par three fourteenth hole. Uh, doesn't hit the greatest tee shot, pulls it a little left, 
and then has to hit a chip out of the, uh, they don't really have, they do have bunkers, but this was more of like a waste area. And he had been chipping it great, all, all tournament really. But certainly on Sunday, I, again, I watched it after we got done playing golf. I watched the replay of it. And he was, you know, I, I probably watched him from nine on. And he was getting up and down from everywhere, just hitting nice little chips, you know, three or four feet to the hole. He'd brush him in, throwing a birdie here and there. And so, you know, it's like, okay, he's just going to hit this to 10, 15 feet. Maybe he'll make a putt, save his par. He chips it into the water. Yeah. Chips into the water. Through the green. Through the green. Makes a double bogey five. Drops him not only out of the lead, but uh, he's won back of the lead at that point and, and could not recover down the stretch and ends up as one of those eight guys uh, that were T3 at 12 under par. That's where he ended up finishing. Uh, did not see that coming from Shane Rout. I feel like Shane Lowry no, played he, really well the week before. It. At Augusta, too, right? So played he well was, at Augusta. He was, trendy pick this lurking week. Lurking around there for a while, yeah. yeah. So it was um, not something I expected to see. I really thought I thought he would play well this week. Obviously, the uh, uh, our man 2G and the YSO family were, were high on him, but um, shocking to see him chip it into the water. And I heard a, I heard a take earlier today that it might have been because he was chipping so well that he kind of maybe got a little greedy there and tried to you know maybe get a little closer, tried to chip it stone dead, and just took a bad angle and didn't have any spin on it. And yeah, it just it just went right through the green. I can relate. Um, uh, I can relate, although. I'm not sure if I've ever chipped it into the water. Yeah, that's right. Well, the week before at Augusta, we talked about Kevin Na in a five putt, and you and I both said, like, hey, look, we've been playing yeah. golf for a long time. Don't think we've ever had a five putt. Definitely had some four putts. These uh, guys are making I'm, us look good. I'm kind of with you. I don't think I've ever chipped it over the green into the water. I think I probably chipped it into a bunker, but never into the water. So, you guys got that are definitely forward. making us look good. That's right. Good. But no, you, you mentioned a host of guys there that uh, ended up finishing T3 at 12 under, one stroke out of the playoff. Cameron Young, JT Post, and Sepp Straka, who's who's had a sneaky good year, right? So won, won an event earlier this year and been in contention for a couple others. Absolutely. Matt Kuchar, HB3, continues a, a pretty good 2022 for him as well. Uh, your boy, Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Ladd just misses out there. Uh, ends up T10, even though because there's a bunch of guys tied at 12 under. 11 under, Eric Van Royen, the South African, at 11 under as well. Rounding out the T10, if we want to call it. Great to see tennis. Tommy Ladd put that uh, Saturday 64, I think it was, 8 under par. You know, it's a little bit disconcerting. You know, I, we, I keep waiting for him to get back to the form he showed in 2018 uh, when he was challenging for majors and just absolutely flushing the ball. You know, his other still, three still rounds. Still flowing locks, though. Great locks. Uh, never cut the hair, Tommy. 71, 70, and then a 68 on Sunday. Uh, that 64 really stands out. So was it just kind of a hot round, or is he uh, rounding into form? I, I'm going to keep an eye. Just just remind me. I'm going to keep an eye on Tommy Ladd. He could be somebody that, in the winds of Scotland, could do quite well That's right. when yep. we roll over across the pond. Um who else you want to talk about as it relates to the heritage field? Again, a kind of an interesting tournament. I was, it was. I was intrigued. You know, one of the stories in in a little bit of a local tie-in here, but a golfer that, you know, unfortunately didn't make the cut, but a golfer making a triumphant return, I think is a fair way to put it. Uh, Morgan Hoffman, Till. So oh, wow. Yeah. Talk about this guy, you know, former uh, Oklahoma State Cowboy. Good call. You know, had some health issues, kind of, kind of got off the grid, right? You know, it seems to be a very interesting guy. I think he was down in Costa Rica for a while, right? So kind of 
doing some different treatments, uh, kind of getting his body right. Uh, I think it was muscular dystrophy, right? As I think he, That's what he was diagnosed with. And obviously a, a, a nasty disease that kind of attacks the muscles and your ability to kind of uh, move and uh, obviously with golf, uh, that's that's kind of a scary thing, but uh, comes back, plays again, doesn't make the cut, but uh, made a good account of himself, and so hopefully, um, rooting for him, want him to kind of get back into the fold and uh, body and mind and soul seems to be maybe at a point to where he's ready to give it a go again. So rooting, rooting for him, nothing but the best, right? Well, when you're as um, maybe deep down the the golf Twitter kind of wormhole as I am, you kind of think that people have. Kind of heard these different stories, but uh, if, if you have not yet uh, taken just a little bit of a deeper dive into what Morgan Hoffman uh, has both been going through, as you're talking about, and then uh, what links he's gone to to get himself right, I would highly encourage you to simply Google Morgan Hoffman Golf Digest and check out the story that they did on him. A um, couple things of note from the article. Um, uh, swashing uh, in his mouth his own urine was one of his uh, things that uh, he's dabbling in to, to get himself right. Never done that so far. Um, going on a two-week grape cleanse where he's eating only grapes every day. Uh, something our listeners, I'm sure, would be uh, willing to try. And then uh, one, one thing that I thought was interesting from the article uh, visitors to his particular place in Costa Rica actually get buried naked with um, up to the up to the neck to kind of t- fully immerse themselves in the uh, the Costa Rican experience. So that's just a I'm scratching the surface of that article. It is bad as as uh, those are obviously little, interesting. Those are a little those are a little clickbaity. I can tell you the article is actually it really fairly is. cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can you can go at you can go a step further. Uh, no laying up did a interview podcast with him a couple years ago. And in addition to hearing about how he went to Nepal to try to find like healing for his muscle, muscular dystrophy. It's hard to say. I know. Um, MS or M, M, maybe a little bit M, lighter. M, if you Google that podcast with no laying up, great gambling story with him and Michael Jordan. That's one for the ages that you should definitely check out. I, I, I wish I could repeat it here, but both <laughs> copyright and, and explicit um, you know, notification. Will not keep safe me, for work. Yeah. Not say, not suitable for work. Uh, but yeah, it is a cool story. Uh, Morgan Hoffman was an absolute stud at Oklahoma State. Uh, cool, cool guy. And yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, yeah. I think he has two starts, only two starts on his like, medical exemption. So he has to play well and play really well. Or else he's going to find himself back in uh, kind of a Q school situation or perhaps the corn ferry. But very interesting story. And I would, I would really, I really would encourage you guys to, uh, to take a little bit of a Google and, and, read up on our man, Morgan Hoffman. Yep. I agree. I agree. Well worth the read. Well worth the time spent researching that. I, uh, before, before we leave the heritage and even before we totally leave Spieth, I, uh, one more stat for you. I mentioned, I think I mentioned that this was Spieth's 13th win on the PGA tour. That's correct. Career. Uh, the only guys who have 13 wins on the PGA tour and three majors before the age of 30, Byron Nelson, Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, and Rory McIlroy. Pretty good company. That's good. Yeah. That's real good. That's the list, huh? That's it. So that is the list. Wow. So if uh, if Spieth can 
just keep himself right, we could be in for another run of brilliance for our man Jordo. And uh, he's already kind of established himself with those three majors amongst the all-time greats. But if he could clip off a couple more, he would really get close to being in the mix for that uh, all-time status. Yep, absolutely agree, bud. So now we, we want to move on to college golf here. A lot of college golf this weekend, certainly on the, on the men's side. Uh, we'll talk about the ladies gearing up for the Big 12 uh, championship coming up this weekend as well. But before we do so, Till, again, promo-wise, we can't forget, I mean, we're, we're roughly right at a month away from the next major, right? So there, it's always just one month away whenever we get to this time of the year, right? So well, that's obviously the great part it's going to be in our backyard. Yeah, year. that's the great part about the PGA move to May is that uh, once the Masters gets here, uh, four months in a row of major championship golf, we are taking advantage of that awesome schedule by doing a promotion we are calling Major Mondays. I uh, did our first one the Monday before the Masters. It was a great success. We are rolling that back. The Monday before the PGA Championship, I believe that is May 16th, 4 p.m. to 5.30. We will be at Chalk hosting a happy hour in which if you will just come, clink a glass with us, and draw yourself a golfer in the PGA Championship field, if your golfer is the highest finisher, you will win $100 Folks, $100 to Lincoln Park Golf Course in conjunction with their 100th year anniversary. We'll shout out our man Tanner Chance, who drew Scotty Scheffler for the Masters, and he is now the uh, card-carrying member of Lincoln Park, a $100 gift certificate, and a very lovely Lincoln, Lincoln Park rope hat. They're, they're pulling on all yep. the stops for the 100th year anniversary. It's a sweet hat. It is. It's so nice. come join us on Monday, May 16th for Major Mondays at Chalk. With you're still out. Yep, looking forward to that. Be here before we know it. And uh, again, I missed it this past go around uh, for the Masters. So I'm definitely looking forward to joining you guys and being there at Chalk next month. So, college golf deal. So, oh, man. Two, two tournaments, good. two tournaments in particular that we want to talk about. And there were eight of the top 10 programs in competition at each of these tournaments. And so, let, let's start with the first one from a chronological order standpoint. We'll go furthest west and we'll come back to Oklahoma just a little Let's bit. Let's head out west to Santa Cruz, California, a golf course that I know you absolutely adore, Pasa Tiempo. It was Texas and Pepperdine and then everybody else, and Pasa Tiempo was playing pretty darn tough uh, last week, wasn't it? It played really tough. I think that uh, for those who have been listening to the pod for some time, and certainly this spring, we keep hearing uh, you know OU shooting you know, 53 under par down at Puerto Rico. You know, Oklahoma State, I believe they eclipsed 50 under par at the um, NIT, I think, NIT yeah. mm-hmm. uh, just kind of running away with it. So these guys are going low and going deep. Not the case out on the West Coast. Texas wins the 75th annual. I think sometimes we have this... <laughs> All right, that's for you, 2G. Three that's time, it. Two times that's on just, this no, twice. Twice, uh, well, that's enough. Sometimes we have to stop when we think about how long things are. It's easy to spout off um, how many years something has been going on, but 75 years is a long time. It's for like three-quarters of a century. Collegiate, uh, roughly three-quarters of take. a century. Uh, the Western Intercollegiate, uh, yes, at Pasa Tiempo Golf Club. It is literally my favorite golf course in the world, which is also just the United States, because I've only played golf in the United States, but I digress. Texas plus 25. That's 25 over par. The winner by a nary stroke over Pepperdine. 
two schools that will certainly have something to say about the overall NCAA championships come late May. Uh, Texas gets it done. They also, um, excuse me, uh, Pepperdine, uh, on on the contrary, hosts the individual winner in Dylan Minate. Uh, He played great. He was actually the only golfer through three rounds of competition that finished (laughs) under par. One under, man. (laughs) They did have some conditions, but I'm telling you, a little little more windy than what slopes on some of these Alistair McKenzie greens. For those who know nothing about Pasa Tiempo, which I, honestly is is by and large everyone, um, even if you're a golfer, like, like I've heard of Pebble Beach, I've heard of Augusta National, I've heard of uh, Shinnecock Hills, I've heard of Torrey Pines, et cetera, et cetera. Pasa Tiempo flies under the radar, uh, and I think because it's actually not a private, exclusively private course, they do allow for some public tee times. Ironically, I think that kind of hurts it in the rankings. Uh, but then it's also it's shorter than most modern day courses, it's and like so a does older it, course. Yeah. Not going to host any major championships. But Alistair McKenzie, the same guy that did Augusta National, the same guy that did Cypress Point, the same guy that did Royal Melbourne, uh, called Pasatiempo his favorite design he lived off the sixth fairway uh awesome golf tournament i know in the past we've talked about this being one of the best non-major um event watches of the year it did not disappoint i was dialed in to golf channel and um you know somehow we need to get from your big 12 schools to play in it somehow i don't know how uh, ut gets to play in it and the other big 12 schools don't but it was just a joy to watch uh even if uh, the Longhorns were the ones hosting, hoisting, hoisting the trophy. Uh, they are on a pretty nice little run here going into the Big 12 championships. Yeah, starting to heat up a little bit for sure. So, obviously, uh, Pearson Cootie led the way for the Longhorns at plus two, uh, and he was uh, tied for second there along with Carson Lundell of BYU and Rasmus Helm from Colorado State. Uh, but the Longhorns pretty consistent, right? Travis Vick, T7, just a couple strokes behind at plus four, along with Mason Nome and Cole Hammer. I mean, that that four is is pretty good. And, and that's obviously, that, there's another cootie boy, right, that you have to worry about, right? The other brother uh, that finished uh, a little further back uh, in this yeah. event here. But, uh, yeah, Texas, along with Oklahoma State and OU, I mean, they're, they've got just as good a chance as, as those other two schools. They've got a squad. They have got a squad and we're sticking with Big 12 golf because we roll straight from Pasa Tiempo finishing up last Wednesday into the weekend out at Papago. We talked about it last week on the pod, a great municipal golf course out in Phoenix, the Thunderbird Collegiate. And uh, we have a lot to toot our horns about here in the Big 12 because the University of Oklahoma Sooners win for the fifth, a, a school yeah, record, record tying. Time. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Fifth time um, well, out two, in the desert. Two times in the fall, right? Uh, Carmel and East Lake, and then three times in the spring. Yeah, I think that's right. You yeah. got it yeah. nailed. Uh, two times in the fall, three times in the spring. Uh, Arizona State put up quite a fight. In fact, they were in the lead heading into the final round. Uh, but OU ends up getting it done by five strokes over Arizona State. Texas Tech there in third. Continue to have a sneaky, strong season. Ludwig, our guy, uh, man. Ludwig so played really well this week. Uh, Okie State, I think a little bit of an off week for them. Um, the minus 16 was their finish. They do finish in fourth. 
uh, but probably don't get the week that they need from Eugenio, kind of their stud. Uh, stumbles to a 74, a three over par 74 in the final round. Uh, just didn't have the week that he needed to have to to kind of match the octane of OU. And then on the flip side, got her up. Uh, that would be one Chris got her up. Closed strong uh, in that final round with a six under par 65. I believe he had eight birdies against a couple sloppy to his admission bogeys. And uh, OU wins it going away. And we're set up, man. We are set up for the Big 12 championship. Yeah, you can tell that you're getting close to postseason play whenever you have these last couple of regular season events, if you want to call it that. But I mentioned, you know, eight of the top ten squads in the country in contention. At Thunderbird, uh, the top five schools, OU, Arizona State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, North Carolina, respectively ranked one, four, seven, two, and 5. And then back out at Pasa Tiempo, you had three of the top ten there. Texas, number nine, Pepperdine, eight, Washington finished third, Number six. So so the big boys all trying to go at one another right here, getting geared up for Greyhawk coming up in, uh, what, about about six weeks, right, give or take? Yeah, six weeks to Greyhawk, and uh, we are closing in on postseason golf. Uh, but we mentioned Eugenio Lopez-Chicara. Huge, huge news yeah. for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, Wanted my to friends. to talk about this. So, uh, uh, foregoing what would inevitably be a top-five finish in the PGA Tour U rankings, right? I don't I don't think that he could play poorly enough, or, or more importantly, perhaps somebody behind him probably couldn't play good enough to jump him in that number three spot there, which, you know, PGA Tour U, top-five, automatic, uh, automatically get qualified for the Corn Ferry Tour, can go out and make some money. He says, nope, I'm going to come back for my fifth year. I love it here in Stillwater. I've got unfinished business. Uh, your thoughts on that, bud? So, I mean, you know, we think about this, you know, new era NIL, you know, or, or what, what's what's kind of pulling him back? Because, I mean, personally, selfishly, I'd take the money, right? So, uh, so I, I'm intrigued by it. I love it. I love it for him. I love it for Oklahoma State. He seems to be happy. But, man, I, I probably would have took the money. I raised an eyebrow okay. at this one. Okay, let's I, do it. Uh, I definitely raised an eyebrow because – the only way traditionally for golfers really of any level to make money is to, to play well out on a professional tour. Uh, what I mean by that is golf is one of the biggest you know, meritocracies out there when it comes to yeah, sports. Absolutely. Because if you play well, you make money. If you don't play well, you make nothing. And there's no guaranteed contracts and whatnot. The reason I say I raise an eyebrow is I complete speculation on this, but I wonder if since golf is a sport that from a uh, kind of physicality standpoint, it's not like you're putting yourself at major risk for injury like you are with football or basketball or maybe even baseball. Uh, so it's like, I need to get the, get it while the getting's good with the NIL rules uh, that are in place now allowing college athletes to make money off their name, image, and likeness. Did he look at it as another year of all my expenses are paid, I get to continue to hone my craft, and I am going to be making money through some deal that we don't aren't privy to? It's fair. Uh, could be why that decision was made. Uh, but I think for the state of Oklahoma and Oklahoma golf, and certainly the Oklahoma State Cowboy golf team, that was huge news. Um, I guess it 
my eyebrow raised even less when I saw that also one of the other top five in the PGA Tour U. That's right. Uh, our man from down in uh, Aggieland, Texas A&M, Sam Bennett, who I think uh, he's been kind of flipping back and forth between one and two in the PGA Tour University rankings, also said he was going to come back for another year at Texas A&M. So we're, I'm going to kind of ask a few folks that are in the know in college golf what's why well, they would do that. Philosophical question here, Teal. So now that we are in this era of NIL and, and, and players – and certainly prominent guys. And, and these guys in the game of collegiate golf are prominent, right? So obviously one and four respectively in the PGA Tour U rankings. We know who they are. You know, most normal casual fans may not know who they are if they, you know, go out to you know Eskimo Joe's and see Eugenio uh, there uh, in the bar. And not, not, saying that, say, not, not saying he hangs out in the bar. I don't know. I'm just, just an example. This, this theor- seems like total a fine theoretical. Total fine theoretical. If – we could rewind the clock 20 to 25 years, go back to college, get paid to go to college. Wouldn't wouldn't you just hang out for as long as you possibly could? I personally would just hang out. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people go to college for seven years. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. called doctors, Tommy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. And I think that that does play into it. If you can live comfortably, you can put some money in the bank. Uh, again, and maybe I'm just too practical, like the whole, like your expenses being paid thing. And you don't, I mean, travel is taken care of. You don't have to do anything. All you, you get, get to, to play do is Karsten Creek whenever you want. Like, I mean, show up here is pretty at good. this time, show up here at this time, get on the plane at this time. Your whole life is taken care of when you're a college athlete. Um, you had to go to some classes every once in a while. That sounds fine. If you're a fifth year senior, you're, you're taking, you know, again, I don't know that underwater basket weaving is the is the term that people it's use anymore. To. But yeah, I mean it's it's. I would assume it's a light load. I hope for his sake it is because I want him to be able to enjoy it and stuff. I mean hell, I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's going to go to graduate school, right? So yeah, we shouldn't make any. Uh, we yeah. shouldn't make any false judgments on our man. Eugenio. I mean, again, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd be uh, taking but easy classes. I think no matter what, it certainly is a good thing for Oklahoma State, which is kind of a crazy contrast to what the women's program went through. Where yeah. you know they're having girls transfer um, off of their team who could have been around certainly for the rest of this year uh, and beyond, but I think that we'll continue to watch and bring you guys information on either things we're learning about why guys would stick around versus going trying to cash some checks out on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. You just go. I think it was. Four summers ago now, when you had <clears throat> Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, and Matthew Wolf all come out, like sponsors exemptions yeah. on the PGA Left Tour. A year early, essentially, yeah. Win yeah. tournaments and like bang, I'm back. I'm I'm yep. I got my PGA Tour card, let alone a Corn Ferry card. So maybe we just got a little spoiled in the talent level there to think that these guys just go out, get their card, and start earning big time paychecks. And uh, those who are still on college rosters are thinking, you know what? Things are pretty comfy here. And, oh, by the way, I can kind of pocket, you know, $100,000, $200,000 for the next year. Why not? I'm sure Coach Bratton was absolutely tickled. Got to give OSU. Might as well work them all in there. Get the the Texas fight song. Get Boomer Sooner in there. We got to get Oklahoma State in there as well. Uh, Try to be fair here, right? Well, Fair, fair. Fair, all is fair in, uh, in Big J journalism. We know we're Big J journalists here on this podcast. But I'm fired up about the postseason, man. We have Big 12 postseason play for we're the there. women. Yeah. Starting on Friday, 
So the 22nd through the 24th, the uh, Big 12 Women's Championship will be held down at, uh, I believe it is the Oaks, uh, the uh, Houston Oaks. Clubs at Houston Oaks, right. Houston, I think maybe Hockley, Texas is technically kind of a suburb, right? Kind of a northwestern suburb, if I'm not mistaken. Houston Oaks is where the women are playing theirs. And then the men, uh, next Monday, the 25th through the 27th, will be at Whispering Pines Golf Club. They're in Trinity, Texas. Kind of what east of Huntsville, I guess. So way, way north of Houston. Yeah, so way north of both, Houston. Very pretty, much pretty close to nowhere. Houston. Both, uh, both events, give or take. About I think it's about two hours north of Houston. And so uh, I know that last year, like these were a couple of our favorite tournaments to watch and follow. Doesn't look like we're going to be able to get down on site, just given the remote nature and uh, some things we have coming up on the schedule. Makes the Big Twelve. A little tough, a little tougher than I'm gonna, just jogging I'm gonna up hold to Whispering out Pines. Hope that Whispering Pines, the last day, I might be able to make something happen. But uh, yeah, kind of, kind of depends. So I've been back and forth to Houston here uh, a little bit over the last week or two, and so I might be able to make it happen, but no promises. I'm, give, I'm hoping so. I'll give it a depends as well. Uh, nonetheless, just like I was for the Thunderbird golf stat, will be refreshed at a fever oh, yeah. pitch. Uh, because it will be absolutely a barn burner, certainly on the men's side, when you talk about OU, OSU, Texas. And I'm going to throw Texas, Texas Tech in Tech, there. I was going to say. I think I, Texas Tech could could sneak up and bite some folks. I was going to go out, bold statement, that either OU, Oklahoma State, Texas, or Texas Tech wins this thing. Bold statement. Bold. On, the men, on the men's side. That's bold. Women's side, <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to roll with the Cowgirls. I, I think Coach Robertson's squad, yeah. even though with the two losses, I right, agree. as big as those were, uh, still too deep for the rest of the conference. I will say the, the, the Sooners are, are coming on. They're coming on nicely. Uh, I think if... Yeah. if the Winans I, sisters. I think if, I think if Megan Winans could get hot yep. at the right time and, and really add a strong fifth to that squad, they, they, could, they could make a little bit of noise. I don't see them winning the Big 12, but I think, um, I think they could surprise some folks and uh, maybe get a little bit better regional than they might expect uh, with the hopes of making it through and getting out to Greyhawk themselves. See no doubt that OSU Cowgirls will make it out to Arizona. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, OU uh, has, has, to, has to come on really strong to make it. But we are, it's, it's upon us. We are, we are here in very, very busy spring golf season. And the Big 12 championships are something we've had circled on our calendar for many months. And I'm excited to uh, watch it slash follow it. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Yeah, shout out to Coach V uh, in the OU women, uh, along with Coach Robertson in the OSU women, wishing them all the best this weekend down in the Houston metro area. Till, let's go local, my friend. Fairway Files, a lot of local golf, let's right? Bring so it. Very local. You let's and I have been playing. It. We've been playing in charity tournaments. I didn't get to play in the one today. You played in one. We played yesterday out at Lincoln. Little YSO versus uh, what was our man Loaf and HC? Yeah, we had, a, we, had a, we had a we had a you're still out versus inside the leather. <laughs> An epic battle, absolutely epic, epic. epic battle. We're gonna get there, but one thing we weren't able to quite formulate last week on the pod was an actual interview with the winner of a champion. The, we had it. We crowned a champion on Masters Sunday morning. Uh, for those of you who missed out on last week's pod, the Super Cell season uh, is in full swing. The first major of the Super Cell season, a quota game played at Lincoln Park, 
uh, Only One Atta Baby, which is a great name, a great nickname, Only One Atta Baby, was able to uh, come through the gates, hoist the crown. I got to spend a few minutes via Zoom with our man, Only One Atta Baby, and uh, we talked through his playing partners. We talked through the tough conditions that Sunday morning and then ultimately how he got it done. And so uh, let's kick it to our man, Only One Atta Baby. All right, only one out of baby. Thanks for joining us. Uh, congrats on the big victory in the Supercell quota major. Uh, happy to have you on for a few minutes here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm thinking I, uh, I'm thinking I'll just win this one and walk away, never come back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mike dropped that sucker, right? Um, well, before we get into your round, uh, definitely want to give some love to a few of the other guys that were uh, teeing it up with you. Your your playing partners. During the quota major were none other than uh, Vink14, uh, our man Amp, and then I believe DStock01 uh, were the, the other three guys in your foursome. So uh, give us a little feel. You know, how, did, uh, how did each of those guys play? Uh, maybe, maybe I'll just go in order. T- tell me about Vink's game. What, what did you get out of his game? Vink, uh, Vink has a ton of speed. I think <laughs> the, the wind kept him down, but that guy does not lack pop. Um, there's definitely some pop there. The he had a little bit of a phone issue that I think distracted him for a few holes, but uh, oh, hate that uh, they got that sorted out and the pop came and uh, that guy. I think he can score pretty well on a good day. Yeah, I played with Vink a few times. He can definitely move it, no doubt about it. Uh, how about our man Amp? What what'd you what'd you get out of Amp on on Sunday? Oh man, Amp is a uh, Amp's a fun guy first, and then he hit some, uh, some very spicy wedges into greens, a lot of, a lot of sauce pulling him back. And it's like, man, he's got, when, when he's got some time to, to practice and to work on that swing, work on, work on a little of those baseball mechanics out of there, he's going to be able to move the golf ball. Now I, uh, I had a little bit earlier tea time than you guys did. Uh, definitely all the folks will be curious about amps, uh, shorts, uh, during the major Were they, were they high enough up for our liking? Hey, look, when you got legs like that, you, you can wear whatever shorts you want to wear. I mean, that's, <laughs> that man can pull that off. So <laughs> it's exposed, exposed thigh is definitely when you, when you trademark. Spend time on the Peloton. You can do that work. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, I think the guy that probably played, um, best in your group outside of you would be, be D stock. I think he came in third. What, what did you, what did you get out of Danny? Well, I don't think he missed a, a putt or a chip the whole round. Um, very solid on the greens, very good control of his golf ball. Um, plus he also was wearing pants and the blade collar tiger shirt. I mean, he's out there just absolutely looking like a, like a menace. So it's just flexing on you guys. Yeah. I looked, I mean, he came, he came to compete. Love it. Well, yeah, again, your whole group really admirable playing given, uh, given the conditions for folks who don't remember what it was like. And again, we'll be kind of, you know, releasing this here a couple weeks after the event, but, uh, talk about the conditions on that Sunday. Um, not, not, not easy. Yeah. It's where we need that, uh, that tiger sound by, you know, the, it's just really, really tough out there. That, <laughs> that vibe. Um, just big wind out of the South. I think we started in the low sixties, um, just made everything, it, it, it makes everything difficult. The course was actually in pretty great shape, I thought, for early April. The greens rolled fine. They didn't have that that dead speed to them. Right. Uh, so that was pretty refreshing. But it was windy enough that 
every shot you hit, you had to commit to, which I think actually helped me out a bunch. Well, uh, had you on mostly to talk about your round, obviously as the, as the champ of the day, uh, for those who, again, we talk about quota on the pod quite a bit, but ultimately, you know, your course handicap, you take that off the number 36 and there's your, your point total that you got to get to, um, you know, damn impressive given the conditions that we had that Sunday. And then if, if I had this right for some, from an exchange that we had before the event, your first round since last July, talk, talk us through that. Like you, you, you go plus three to quota, you shoot a 75 gross. What were the keys for you? What'd you do well, uh, to, to bring it home? Yeah, I had some, um, had a bit of an, an eye issue at the, at the end of last summer and it kept me from playing, uh, too much. Uh, but that's, that's a different story for a different time. Um, and then we fast forward into this year and I've, I've hit the range a few times, but the, I haven't had a chance to play around yet. And every, um, every time I was going to get out and play, it either got uh, rained out or was the wind was just ridiculous and the group kind of fell apart. So yeah, this was the first round, but I have been hitting the range. So that's, it wasn't, uh, just completely lost time, but I think the wind, to a certain extent helped me a little bit because I had to, like I said, I had to commit to every single shot. So there wasn't like, oh, I'll just hit it to the middle of the green and hope it was, if I don't hit this right, it's going to go off the planet. So <laughs> I really had to try to hit it low and hard and just hope that it stayed the right direction. And a couple of the shots ended up being really good that I had no control over. You know, it's, uh, there was a, the par three that goes to the south is that like 14 or something like that be 15 on lincoln west yeah okay so we're we're on that hole and it's um 145 i want to say and i pull seven iron which for me is about 175 and all i do is hit it as hard as i can at the back right part of the green and just hope right and it just comes down like six inches from the cup i mean <laughs> uh, it could have landed on the back of the green the front of the green could have stayed dead straight i had very little control over what actually occurred right it just happened to be a really good shot yeah it's definitely one of those days where you mentioned the word you commit to the shot and you just don't worry about the result because you don't know where what the wind's going to do to it uh based on it was it was consistent 25 you know blowing upwards of 50 uh gusts at times so it was it was a really tough day to be out there and uh, man, you, you played so well to come home with the title. Congrats again. Uh, I know that uh, I believe you're going to get an extra four points added to your quota for the season series. That'll, that'll go a long way. So uh, big congrats to you. And, and thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time, bud. Awesome. Thank you for having me. We'll see you out there. Man, good stuff there, bud. So an interview with a supercell champion. He broke, it, a major he broke it champion. down nicely. He broke yeah, it down nicely. Good stuff. I, uh, I think that, uh, you know, hate to hear that, that Vink had a phone issue. You know, I'm not <laughs> sure what, what, what kind of, what kind of phone <laughs> issue could, uh, somebody keeps calling your back. Derail, derail you early, but, uh, glad to hear he got that sorted that, out. That was a great recap. Cause it was like, I, I, I did not commit to playing in this event. Um, I, again, had some other things going on, but whenever I saw the, what the forecast for that day, it was, uh, you guys are, are truly are sickos. Because it was not, not uh, ideal golfing conditions. It was not. It was absolutely not. <laughs> and so uh, again, one final congrats to our man. Only one out of baby for uh, winning the Supercell Quota Major and putting himself in fine position for the season long race uh, for the Supercell Championship. 
Well, let's fast forward to yesterday, my friends. So a, a little bit worth uh, recapping. A little better conditions, right? So it was absolutely well, gorgeous yesterday afternoon. What back out at Lincoln West? You and me teaming up to take on Loaf in HC. Our man Brian Heathcock. And just an epic battle back and forth all the way until the 18th hole, my friend. And you know, I just want to set the stage. We'll, we'll come back to it. But just an absolutely epic finish to uh, to to just a, a bloodbath. I mean, just, just you know, going at yeah. it left and right. It, hey, was, uh, it was bare-knuckle boxing out there is basically what we witnessed. Um, you know, we had a kind of a tale of two matches, I feel like. I feel like on the front nine, uh, things were pretty much back and forth. Yeah, jabs. We were filling each other out, filling right? Filling each so, other man, out. You want to hold, then we want to hold, then back. And yeah. then we uh, we got on a bit of a hot streak where we reeled off, uh, I believe, four straight wins. That's right. Uh, there, uh, seven, eight, nine, seven, ten. eight, nine, and ten. And uh, found ourselves with what we thought was a very comfortable three-up lead. Um, I believe we had a nice push on 12 uh, after they had won 11. And so we still had a comfy two-up lead. But then things got things got a little bit interesting. Lost, I believe it was three straight holes. Find ourselves one down. And uh, come to the 18th hole, still one down. And, you know, really, I don't think anybody really played the 18th hole great. You had a great drive right drove, up the pipe. I almost drove the green, and then it took me three shots to get it in from the last 10 yards. Heathcock was, uh, blew it way right, ended up being kind of hole high, but over on kind of 17. Um, Loaf, you know, hit a, hit a pretty great a little, drive. A little left. but Kind of had to go bad. through the trees to, to squirt it down there. And uh, lo and behold, I had hit a dreadful wedge shot well past the green, kind of up on a hill. And I think at that point, everybody, I don't know if consciously everybody thought this was kind of like, yeah, JT hit a bad second shot. Like we're kind of focused on these guys that have you know really close second shots into the green. 18 is a short par uh, four for those who are not familiar with Lincoln West playing dead down wind, yeah. a rare north wind. You, usually playing into the wind. You're right. Yep. Yep. And uh, Keith, I'll I'll kind of let you take it from there on what happened uh, up on top of the hill. Yeah, you're right. So you you hit you were a little long with your approach shot, right? So you're on the back right of the green. It's really kind of a front front pin, left, yeah. front, front left, left pin. pin. So a lot of green to work with in that sense, but all downhill. So the, the it's going to be racing away from you, right? It's a green that slopes from back to front, you hit the wedge shot, it lands, you know, a third of the way to the hole. It continues to trickle, to trickle, to trickle, to trickle, and then I'll be damned if it doesn't just fall into the cup. Birdie three. Birdie three, enough to win the hole, tie the match with those two guys, (laughs) and those two guys had a look on their face like, you have got to be shitting me. Look (laughs) of total disbelief. Yeah. yeah, Like, what just happened here? How did we not win this thing? So So much so that Heathcock was like, wait, that was for 
That was for three. Yeah, it was for three. <laughs> so. Yeah that that was uh, that was an epic way to finish it. Uh, and I, I I was limping in, so I was definitely uh, relying on you to to make something happen here on eighteen. Even though I hit a, hit a great drive, and I just kind of pooped myself uh, from that point on. Uh, and yeah, that was that was huge. That was epic. So. That was pretty pretty cool finish. Ice water um, in the veins. Just uh, anytime you can chip in for birdie on 18, it feels good. But to to go ahead and square up that match and, and walk away no blood when it looks like you're going to be de- reaching into your pocket uh, there walking off the 18th green was a, was a nice way to finish Easter Sunday. And then teed it right back up again today. We mentioned the uh, the K Club tournament right. off the jump had a had a great turnout out there up at Oak Tree. Uh, up yeah. at Oak Tree, uh, a guest of the Ford Family Foundation. Several teams in the tournament. Uh, you mentioned Scooter played on a team. Uh, our man Two G played on a team. Uh, a lot of the guys that uh, in our fantasy draft lunch were there today. Uh, Conway, uh, Tim was out there, uh, but our squad. Uh, performed admirably. We uh, we we were you had, just you had a pretty good squad. <laughs> just and at one point, in fact, uh, our man our man Sweet D Dayton Rose, who uh, former guest on the pod, need to have him back. Roughly on. about a year ago, right? It was going about into the Big, Big Twelve, Twelve Big Twelve Championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he looked up at me at one point, uh, a man who's been asked to play in many a scramble. Because just, he uh, absolutely the, the be- best golfer I think I've ever played with in person in my life. Yeah, he, uh, he looked over at me at one point and said. You've assembled quite a team here because we were playing great and we had every facet going. Uh, we had Sweet D and our man Schmitty just bombing drives. Uh, we had our man Colin Dubois, the Frenchman, and myself just rolling in putts. Um, my short game was dialed a couple spicy, spicy chips uh, whenever Sweet D had put us up there in uh, you know, kind of chipping range on a par four. Yet, 50. We shot a 20, like under 20 under par 50, yeah. and it wasn't good enough. <laughs> That's stupid. You just got to tip your caps to the folks who finished better than um, oh. 20 under par. Their, their pencils were sharper or their erasers were better. I'm not sure, right? That being said, it was uh, an absolute great support of a great family who's doing some great things. Uh, the Barones there uh, living in Edmond. Uh, the K Club, a tribute to their young son who passed away from leukemia, doing some great things, um, just in the in the name of kindness and in the name of uh, eradicating uh, leukemia and finding a cure for that. So it was a great day at Oak Tree, Amen, both weather wise uh, and the results um, could not have been much better. Yep. Last thing, fairway files. Our man Two G Scooter Gers out to Pinehurst last week again. Scooter had some daddy. Uh, 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 duties to deal with this afternoon, this evening. He promises we we will have well, a the, recap. The good news right. is this was really just going to be no more than about what we're doing now, just a little bit of a tease. Oh. We're going to do a standalone pod on Scooter and 2G's trip to Pinehurst. We're going to take a deep dive into each course that they played. Oh, not to mention, two, uh, 2G just went to the Masters practice round, what, the week before as well on a Monday. I, I actually went through the pictures today. That just shows uh, yeah. you what uh, what a spring it is for the You're Still Out squad when a, when a Masters practice round is kind of not getting its due. But we will do a deep dive on the Pinehurst trip. Scott was quite taken with the place uh, has called it number one on his bucket list for quite some time. And so look forward to a deep dive podcast 
on Pinehurst Resort uh, from our Men 2G and Scooter Gers. Now, I know we want to get to picks for the Zurich. One of the rare times that yeah. we get to talk some team golf. Yeah, that's right. Duos, right? But I, uh, I, I put this on the list. I did not want to forget the ladies. And I didn't want to forget the ladies, especially this week, because you know I geek out about the golf courses. Wilshire Country Club Very cool. is yep. an absolute classic golf course that the men could never go to because uh, it's outdated in terms of its length, in terms of its challenge. Perfect for the ladies. Would highly encourage you to check out the LA Open uh, this weekend. Again, held at Wilshire Country Club out in LA. Defending champ Brooke Henderson. It will be Hendo. a treat to watch. So Google yourself up. Scheduled TV times for the LA Open. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Well, the great thing, too, out on the West Coast, you get a little prime mm. time action for some viewing as well. And you're right. Yeah, Wilshire Country Club, one of the cooler places out there on the left coast for sure. Uh, you mentioned Brooke Henderson, the Canadian, the defending champ. It, it'll be a good feel. Uh, here, because a lot of the ladies like playing this course, they want to be there in this one. So yeah, this will this will be a good one. Now, even though I like to keep it pretty much between the mustard and the mayo, you know, you and Scott tend to be more of the uh, you know the inappropriate jokes guy. <laughs> I uh, I will say, this is the DIO implant, LA Open. That's what I'm seeing here on the LPGA. I think it's the. I thought it was the JTBC. Yeah, I LA think Open. I think there must have been a late change because wow, got some sponsors. Uh, I'm not sure exactly out? what's going on here, but uh, I'm seeing it right here on the LPGA website. The DIO implant. I don't think it's that implant. I, I think it's it's medical implants, but I don't think it's the one you're thinking of, folks. If we have any listeners that are in the uh, the medical equipment sales, if you wouldn't mind uh, getting in our DMs and letting us know exactly how DIO. Figures into this tournament. Or DM or DIO or something like that. DM us about the DIO. We will be appreciative of you. Uh, But do not forget to tune into the LA Open, regardless of who's sponsoring it. I'm sure they're fine people. Leave it at the LA Open, right? So the sponsor, (laughs) irrelevant for us. We're not getting paid to mention their name. Not yet. We could, though. If DIO Implants wants to sponsor (laughs) the YSO podcast, we'll go acronyms all day long. Absolutely, baby. So I can get into the medical implant business. I'll figure it out. Maybe the YSO Implants could could be something that we talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Let's let's figure it out, man. So let's get on to picks. Jay Till. Obviously, you mentioned a a unique event coming up this weekend on the men's side of things, right? Of course, we are talking about the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, which actually isn't in New Orleans, right? It's in a suburb, Avondale, Louisiana, just on the outskirts there. uh, Defending champs, the two Aussies, right? So Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, uh, they're back in the field to defend their title. Before we get to it, though, uh, revisiting last week's picks, I think you probably edge me out to get first pick this week, Corey Connors, Corey Connors played well. uh, which I think I think he finished T twelve, if I'm not mistaken. And so, um, you know, that's good good pick by you, I guess. Phil, Phil, Phil Connors, Phil Connors. I thought that was you. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for watching. Thanks for hey, watching. Hey. Uh, just want, wanted to play it for you one more time. So, uh, but of course, uh, picks wise too, we got to get dirty birdies, right? Shout out to Two G and Scooter Gersh, right? Always the uh, the best DFS golf podcast out there. I think it's DFS centric, awesome. right? So focused on that. Of course, you can go to our website at fantasysportspros.com. Scroll down to the bottom to the weekly picks segment. Click on the link there, the DraftKings link to get into that contest. There, those guys do a great job. Uh, you know, back back to a 
normal field, right? We think back to a couple weeks ago, we had over 100 people in the field, back down to 75, a little more manageable. But, you know, this is one of those events that you might poo-poo, and yeah, Scoot, Scooter, I, I, Scooter might be up for it, but but the uniqueness, I'm okay. I'm the okay uniqueness of the format, I think, kind of I, draws us I in. Feel right? like I, should, yeah. I feel like I should. I feel like I should the opposite of poo poo, and I think I should uh, should put potpourri it. Pee pee it. I'm not sure what the opposite <laughs> is, but whatever it is, that's what I want to do because I feel like we should be praising alternative formats for PGA Tour events. This certainly is one uh, a two man team event, and they alternate between uh, best ball taking their best score. And then alt shot, so they'll kind of go, um, you know, one round four ball, one round foursomes, and so on. So I, some interesting teams uh, put together. Yeah, I, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you. Do, do the guys kind of get together and say, "Hey, you, you, me, me, you, yeah, you, me"? Yeah, like, they definitely or, get or to choose. Does the PGA kind of slap some guys? No, together? no, no. Okay. There's, uh, yeah. there's, there's too much, um, uh, too many things that make sense here to not have it be them picking their own teammates. Um, for example. Our guy uh, Mito Pereira teaming up with countryman Joaquin Neiman, okay, all Chilean, yeah. Chilean uh, action there, yeah. golfers. Uh, obviously, you mentioned uh, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman, a couple Aussies, Brandon Grace, Gary Higo, South African combo, South African yeah. guys, uh, Danny Willett, T. Rel Hatton, a couple of fine English blokes, and so a lot of that makes sense. Now, I will say Ryan Palmer. I don't know how Ryan Palmer does it, right? A guy that, you know, we've mentioned on the pod. People know who he is, certainly if you're following golf tournaments. I don't know how he does this. Two two years ago, 2019, he managed to get himself John Rahm as a teammate. They win the golf tournament. Former world number one. This week, his teammate is none other than Scotty Scheffler. Current world number one. So much like me recruiting Dayton Rose and Reagan Smith <laughs> onto a scramble team, I think our man Ryan Palmer and I really would hit it off because we know how to build a squad. Palmer just had to pro- he just has to promise like half his purse or something. I don't like know that, right? It's like, hey, if you pick me as your teammate, I'll give you half There's my There's gotta my be cut. some tomfoolery going on here because uh well, maybe he's he, a fun dude to hang out with, right? He's so, a great yeah. guy. Yeah. He's an absolute great guy. So yeah, some some cool teams in the field. Um for, for a variety of reasons. Again, like Mav McNeely, Joseph Bramlett, both Stanford guys make sense. So uh, I would say they are definitely picking their own teammates. And speaking of picks, let's go ahead and get into let's it. Let's get into it. I will defer to you, sir. So first pick. Well, I, I assume we're going with our, our typical odds. I think of, so. 100 uh, to 1 or greater, yeah. Qualifying we'll a dark horse is 101 to, or excuse me, or greater. Um you know, nothing, I be. I got to be honest with the listeners, just in case you guys are wagering on our stuff, nothing really grabbed me with the dark horses, so I didn't, I didn't have something that really spoke to me, and so uh, I'm just going to go with a bit of a pick on a, on a kind of favoritism. Uh, my man, Sahith Tagala, is teaming up with Bo Hostler. Bo Hostler's had a solid season. Obviously, we've seen flashes uh, from Sahith. I don't know why in the hell those two guys would pair up together. You got a Pepperdine guy, a Texas guy. Uh, you got a guy who by and large wears a visor, a guy who's kind of like a bucket, not a bucket hat, but a kind of a trucker hat guy in Tagala. Tagala's got some good style though. I mean, interesting. I, I don't know. Him, I, I don't know yeah. why these guys are pairing up, but I like Tagala's game enough that I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer and go Bo Hostler. Sahith Tagala at uh, right on the number 100 to 1 is my dark horse down at the Zurich. I like that pick. I've I've actually got that squad in my 
dirty birdies for this week. So, I, I, yeah, you're, I'll be rooting you're, for you. You're on the you're on the right page there. I like those guys. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a local tie-in because I'm kind of with you from a dark horse standpoint. You get down there, uh, you you you, you may recognize one half the team, uh, but maybe not the other half and stuff. But I'm gonna go local tie-in here. Uh, former Oklahoma State Cowboy Peter Uline, along with uh, Rich Warinsky, I believe is his name, right? So they're they're a little bit more value I think there. He likes at, to be referred to as Richie. Richie. All right. Well. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Rorinsky uh, in Uline. Great name combo. Because he's there, 12. Too. Yeah, barely. Uline and Rorinsky. Sounds like a law firm, right? So, uh, But sure they're does. at plus 12,000, uh, 120 to 1 there. And uh, again, not for any other reason than, you know. So what we're, stay, what we're saying name. here is stay away from our dark horses. I think that is a fair way to state it, my friend. So snake draft format here. So okay, so you have to feel good about whoever you pick I've, in the top 10. I feel much better about the top tenner in the winner here. Uh, again, not going to complicate uh, this things here uh, thing here, bud. Defending champs, Mark Leishman, Cam Smith, the two Aussies, they absolutely love playing together. Um, not going to be so bold to pick them to win back-to-back and defend the title, but uh, pretty confident that they're going to finish in the top ten. Uh, you know, not great odds here because, uh, because of who they are and because of how they perform there at 9-1, to one, but uh, Leishman and Smith are my top tenors at plus 900. For my top tenor, I'm going to go with Taylor Gooch and Max Homa. Like it. Uh, Max consistently speaks great about Taylor Gooch. They are actually close friends out on tour, uh, spend a lot of time together. Uh, getting them at plus 2,600. Wouldn't surprise me I think if that's they challenge yep. for the title, but I'm going to lock them in to the top 10 uh, in this team event. Yeah, I think that's great value at 26 to 1 there. Good pick. And then I'm going to give you even better value because I think that Jocko and my man Mito are going to get it done. Nice. I think the Chilean um, establishment is going to bust through the door. Interesting enough that if you win this tournament as a team, it qualifies and counts just like all the other tournaments. You get in the Tournament of Champions, you get in the Masters, all the things, an exemption for uh, you know two-plus years. Well, that explains Ryan Palmer, then. And that explains Ryan Palmer. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm going to think they get it done. I think I think uh, Mito's been playing great. Obviously, Jocko's had a heck of a year, and they're going to they're gonna bust through the door down on the bayou. Yeah, I like that pick as well. So at 27-1, to 1, good odds there. My pick to win this thing, not quite as good a value there, but uh, some we're, we're down in New Orleans, right? So a little SEC country. So I'm, oh. I'm going to take a couple SEC guys here. Sam Burns and fan favorite, pod favorite here, Billy Ho. <laughs> Billy Horschel at 12-1. to 1. Both guys have been playing really, really well yeah, here lately. Yeah. Again, kind of a hometown game, if we want to call it that, for Sam Burns being an LSU kid. Uh, so, again, I'm, I'm going to go with those two guys there. Kind of an interesting pairing, right? That so, how, how do those – got a Florida Gator, we got an LSU Tiger. They usually hate one another on the football field. These guys going to pair up together down in Nolens. This weekend, Sam Burns, Billy Ho at 12-1, to 1, my pick to win the Zerk. Interesting. Very interesting. I, um, You're right. I just, it just seems to be a bit of an odd couple. But, you know, they've both been playing great, as you mentioned. And all these guys really care about is money. So I could see these two guys getting it done. Dollar, dollar bills. All for the almighty dollar. Love it. Love it, my friend. So, here we are before we hit the record button thinking, well, kind of kind of a light week on golf, right? RBC, Zurich, I don't know. We'll talk a lot about college golf. 
We're at an hour in 10 minutes, my friend. So it never ceases to amaze me, to amaze me how we can fill air. I mean, uh, what the old saying is, um, you know, find something you do that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's fair. So no uh, arguments at here. least it's like I'll never work a Monday night in my life. <laughs> Monday <laughs> nights are pretty enjoyable. A couple of cold pops, right? You're coming off the golf course. So, yeah, it's, it's a good day, man. Great day. It's a good day. So, uh, plugs, my friend. At YSO Golf on both Twitter and Instagram. You mentioned the pictures from the Masters. I'll be diving into those as well, oh. putting a couple of my favorites for our man 2G. I'm going to assume that Mrs. The, Mrs. 2G took a lot of those pictures. Well, the thing is, at the Masters, they literally had to take those pictures with an actual camera. That's right. So no it's phones. not as simple as copy and paste onto the Twitter feed, onto the Instagram. It's going to take me some doing. i got to do some downloading. This is very complicated stuff, some guys. artistic stuff in there. That really being good. said, I'm willing to do it for you. At YSO Golf on both Twitter and Instagram is where you can get at me. Great stuff, bud. And, of course, for us here at the Sports Pros Network, you can follow us on the web at fantasysportspros.com or you can follow us on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that is pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. I think that does it, bud. It's Ooh. late, man. It's past your bedtime. we yeah. got to wrap this thing up. Uh, as of uh, as of the current hour, 837, 838 mm. and ticking Central Daylight Time, well past my bedtime, especially after a couple of beverages. It'll, I'm going to sleep well tonight. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, it's going to be good weather. It's going to be warm. It's going to be windy. That's, that's Oklahoma, right? Yeah. No big deal. That's right. Get out there and enjoy the walk, people.